I am a being of love and light. I love all and all love me. Hello beings, welcome to another episode of Tea and Study with me. I am your hostess, Ron Quisha. And uh, today I want to be reading again from The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. And this is from my sobriety series that I've been working on, um, as you may or may not know. I am working on living a totally sober lifestyle that's free of alcohol and marijuana, which have been my crutches as of late. Um, But also, I am getting sober of all addictions, whether that's to eating, shopping, even being a compulsive liar, Um, uh, my addictions to trauma, my addictions to drama, um, and my addictions to toxic situations. So, um, this is just a over, overall sobriety. And when I think and talk about overall sobriety, what I'm really talking about is my mental state, you know, um, and a level of mental awareness that allows me to make a decision in the moment and not act from habits. And if there is a habit, how do I change the underlying habit to when it's more conducive or productive for me? So, I hope you understood all those. The, the smorgasbord of words I just said, but basically, I'm just going to read from Eckhart Tolle. Um, and this is from The Power of Now. It says, Enlightenment rising above thought. Because we know that addiction and sobriety is basically a large part of it. Yes, some of it is physical, but a large part of it is mental. If you can get over the mental, have a reason for the mental, you can. we can, we can survive the physical. Okay, so it says enlightenment rising above thought. Isn't thinking essential in order to to survive in this world? Your mind is an instrument, a tool. It is there to be used for a specific task, and then when the task is completed, you lay it down. As it is, I would say that eighty to ninety percent of most people's thinking is not only repetitive and useless. But because of its dysfunctional and often negative nature, most of it is also harmful. Observe your mind and you will find this to be true. It causes a serious leakage of vital energy. This kind of compulsive thinking is actually an addiction. What characterizes an addiction? Quite simply this. You no longer feel that you have the choice to stop. It seems stronger than you. It also gives you a false sense of pleasure, pleasure that invariably turns into pain. So there we have it. Thinking can be an addiction. It says, why can it be an addiction? Because it's something that we seem like we have no choice to stop. Um, And I want to explain this by, have you ever had one bad thought and then it avalanches into you daydreaming about other bad things stemming from that one bad thought like um if my boyfriend want to call me it would end up me thinking that oh my god a bad thought something happened um either he was in a car accident or he doesn't he doesn't love me anymore he wants to break it with me and then for the next two or three hours my emotions have changed now i'm i'm feeling bad i'm feeling negative I'm feeling depressed i'm feeling anxious um, I may get a headache, I may start sweating, I may b- 
begin physically doing things like calling him repetitively like 20 times in a row. If he's not picking up, I'm thinking the worst possible scenario. Um, or, or, you know, or we're at work and we mess up, we drop something and then it's, oh my God, I'm an idiot. And then it's like, this is why people don't like me. This is why um, my mother isn't talking to me. This is why I'm getting paid minimum wage. I'm just an idiot. I'm a stupid person. Oh my God. All that from one thought that balloon into a stream of other thoughts and we seem to we seem that we can't control it that we can't just stop and just say oh my god so stop thinking so that's what we're saying by it's an addiction so let's read further why should we be addicted to thinking because you are identified with it which means that you derive your sense of self from the content and activity of your mind because you believe that you would cease to be if you stopped thinking as you grow up, you form a mental image of who you are based on your personal and cultural conditioning. We may call this phantom self the ego. It consists of mind activity and can only be kept going through constant thinking. The term ego means different things to different people. But when I use it here, it means a false self created by unconscious identification with the mind. To the ego, the present moment hardly exists. Only past and future are considered important. This total reversal of the truth accounts for the fact that in the ego mode, the mind is so dysfunctional. It is, also, it is always concerned with keeping the past alive because without it, who are you? It constantly projects itself into the future to ensure its continued survival and to seek some kind of release or fulfillment there. It says, in, air, in quotes, one day when this or that or the other happens, I'm going to be okay, happy, at peace, end quote. Even when the ego seems to be concerned with the present, it is not the present that it sees. It misperceives it completely because it looks at it through the eyes of the past. Did you hear that? Or, or it reduces the present to a means to an end, an end that always lies in the mind-projected future. Observe your mind, and you will see that this is how it works. But the present moment holds the key to liberation. But you cannot find the present moment as long as you are your mind. I want to read the last little piece here, but let's stop for a second and talk about that. Um... It says that, um, it says so many things that I want to talk about. Um, the ego, and the ego is always concerned, it says, with keeping the past alive, because without it, who are you? It's concerned with keeping the past alive, because without it, who are you? So many times today, in the media, um, and I'm a race, black woman, I'm a black woman, so... Slavery is continued to be brought up over and over again because it's a part of our national and cultural ego thinking, right? And it's always concerned keeping the past alive. How do you keep the past alive? By talking about it, thinking about it, discussing it, you know, um, because without it, without our path of racism, without our path of slavery, who are we? Who am I? And so that's one of the fundamental reasons why um, not that I don't think it's real or I don't 
think it's a problem or I don't think it's bad. I just think that I I give it no energy, you know. That's why I'm kind of frustrated a little bit when people want to continue to talk about slavery and continue talking about the past because you re-traumatize yourself. Whenever you talk about the past, you are re-traumatizing yourself. You are bringing the past into the present moment. Why don't we leave slavery and Jim Crow where it essentially is? It's in the past. It is not in my present. I deal with it if it were in my present, but presently is not a part of my present time. Talking about it serves nothing in this present moment. Okay? It serves the ego. Okay? And, uh... And that's another thing, too, when you look too much into the future. So what I'm getting out of this for sobriety is you don't want to look back, you know, um, unless it can help you in your present, I'm guessing. But I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth sometimes just to read the word and let it be the word is good. Um, I'm going to read this last little piece and I think I'll be done. It says, I don't want to lose my ability to analyze and discriminate. I wouldn't mind learning. I wouldn't mind learning to think more clearly in a more focused way, but I want I don't want to lose my mind. The gift of thought is the most precious thing we have. Without it, we would just be another species of animal. If you haven't realized Eckhart Tolle is a question and answer kind of thing in this book, this is a question that someone's asked him, a comment someone's made, saying that, like all of us, I thought, oh my god, if I stop thinking who am I going to be? I don't, I don't want to lose my mind. He says, the predominance of mind is no more than a stage in the ev- in the evolution of consciousness. We need to go on to the next stage now as a matter of urgency. Otherwise, we will be destroyed by the mind, which has grown into a monster. I will talk about this in more detail later. Thinking and consciousness are not synonymous. Thinking is only a small aspect of consciousness. Thought cannot exist without consciousness, but consciousness does not need thought. Thinking is only a small part of consciousness. Thought cannot exist without consciousness, but consciousness does not need thought. Enlightenment means rising above thought, not falling back to a level below thought, the level of an animal or a plant. In the enlightened state, you are still using your you are still using your thinking mind when needed, but in a much more focused and effective way than before. You use it mostly for practical purposes, but you are free of the involuntary internal dialogue, and there is inner stillness. When you do use your mind, and particularly when a creative solution is needed, you still oscillate every few minutes or so between thought and stillness, between mind and no mind. No mind is consciousness without thought. Only in that way is it possible to think creatively, because only in that way does thought have any real power. Thought alone, when it is no longer connected with the much vaster realm of consciousness, quickly becomes barren, insane, and destructive. The mind is essentially a survival machine, attacking defense against other minds, gathering, storing, and analyzing information. That is what it is good at. But it is not at all creative. All true artists, whether they know it or not, create from a place of no mind, from inner stillness. The mind then gives form to the creative impulse or insight. Even the great scientists 
have reported that their creative breakthroughs came at a time of mental quietude. The amazing result of a nationwide increase among America's most eminent mathematicians, mathematicians including Einstein, to find out their working methods was that thinking plays only a subordinate part in the brief, decisive phase of the creative act itself. So I would say that the simple reason why the majority of scientists are not creative is not because they don't know how to think, but, but, but because they don't know how to stop thinking. It wasn't through the mind, through thinking, that the miracle that is life on earth or your body was created and it is being sustained. There is clearly an intelligence at work that is far greater than the mind. How can a single human cell measuring one one thousandth of an inch in diameter contain instructions within its DNA that will fill one thousand books of six hundred pages each? The more we learn about the workings of the body, the more we realize just how vast is the intelligence at work within it and how little we know. When the mind reconnects with that, it becomes the most wonderful tool. It then serves something greater than itself. That was a powerful piece. Um, the way I thought of it is right now there's blood flowing through your veins. There is um, oxygen. You're breathing in. You're, you're inhaling, exhaling. Um, your food is being digested in your body. Now think about this. How many times a day do you have to tell your body to digest your food? Do you have to think? Do you have to tell your body? Hey, I need to digest this food. Do you think about how you digest your food? Really think about that. When you eat your food and it's in your mouth and goes down to your stomach, do you think, do you actively tell your body, do you have thoughts and tell your body, hey, this is what I need you to do? No. A lot of the processes that happens within us, we are unaware of it. And we don't have any control over it. There's a higher intelligence. My body knows to take the food I give it and to turn it into the enzymes, protein. It metabolizes it just the way it needs to be metabolized. and turns out blood, flesh, and bones. I, the I that is talking to you, I don't have anything to do with that. That is a deeper intelligence. That is the unconscious in me. That is the consciousness in me. That is the present. That is the intelligence that is from the most high. Okay, so when I, that's how I realized that thinking is only a small aspect of consciousness. So it's consciousness is what's keeping your body going. When you go sleep at night, when, you, when you're supposedly not thinking, your body, we're not utilizing the thought. Your body is still digesting, breaking down. You're still breathing. You don't have to tell the blood to flow through your vein, their veins. You don't have to think a thought that says about blood, blood flow, blood flow. No one's doing that. So that lets me know that thinking is separate from consciousness. So there is some validity to this. Now, a lot of these things are deep kind of concepts, and it took me some time to come to them. But guess what? These things will come to you when you're ready. When I was ready to receive Eckhart Tolle and these thoughts and in this level of awareness, when I was ready to step into it, it came to me. When it's time to evolve, you will evolve. Stay present, stay in the now, and um, follow that thread. When life leads you to a certain way, when you're being conscious, find the difference between thinking and, and being conscious. If you're listening to this podcast right now, it's because internally something inside of you is, is looking to distinguish between the 
thinking and consciousness. Something within you wants to be present to manifest something that you cannot even conceive. Ears have not heard. Eyes have not seen. I know it's the Bible scripture what the Lord has in store for us. So if you're listening to this, it's because something in you, the unconscious in you, the most high intelligence, the universe, whatever it is, the energy, the force, whatever you call it, is trying to manifest something in you that you can't even imagine because you can't think of it. Because it's not coming from thought, it's coming from the consciousness. So as I say that, I take this advice myself, and I want us to all be blessed beings. Have a good day.